I wanted to talk to my friend Lisa today about being psychic. And I think if you have a really good relationship with your mom or your best friend, sometimes you find your lives kind of running in parallel uh, tracks and you just surprised when you talk to each other, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was happening. And uh, I just wanted to share our Christmas cuteness right now with our dogs. Um, Lisa is a dog person and Daryl is by proxy, Mr. Manwich, just because uh, they're his roommates as well. But uh, she has three female little, little puppers and they're so cute. And I just recently acquired uh, a little boy dog. And uh, so Lisa got jam jams for her little puppies for Christmas. And it was kind of a Goldilocks situation where one was too loose and one was too tight and one was just right. So she gave my little puppers the too tight one. And uh, he looks so ridiculous. We're going to put pictures on the the Instagram of all of our puppies here after this airs. But um, it's funny to me that our lives are going the same, even though we live 35 minutes away or whatever. So my dog has this weird, crazy, hacky cough. Linus is my dog. And I come over here and I'm like, I don't know, it could be kind of cough. I don't know what it is. They're like, it's cool. It's just dry. It's whatever. And so in the background, you'll hear in some of our interviews, it sounds like a couple of honkers. Like these yeah. dogs are like <laughs> honking at each other. Like has the same cough. Yeah. 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 And nothing comes out of it. They just sound like they're honking a weird dog horn. It's not yeah. that interesting. I just, I thought that it was, uh, just kind of a weird coincidence that our lives run on parallel tracks, even when we're not together. Right. And it kind of shows how, um, what, even though um, the main point of our podcast is the fact that we are polar opposites, we're a lot the same. I mean, I think that, you know, people, as far as being in a relationship, usually, you know, you have opposites attract and I see that with each other, but um, we also, I mean, obviously we're friends because we have so many things in common. I mean, you can't not be besties without having things in common, which brings me to, I was kind of thinking about it because, you know, this is now we're, we're several into our podcast and um, you're the good witch, Shelly. I'm the bad witch, Lisa. And um, it's just, I was thinking about it because so many people, when they ask, they're like, who's a good witch, bad witch? And I'd say, well, I'm the bad witch. They're like, no, you're not, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) I think the thing that's so funny is that we both have that, those characteristics where I'm very, I, 
I don't want to say prude because, but I can't think of another word. Um, I'm the one who's not the drinker. I, mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol. You're more um, clean cut. I'm more clean cut. I never did things um, in high school that I wasn't supposed to. I didn't sneak out. No, nope. I more didn't. Safe. Yes. Um, and Shelly was always more on, I don't want to say stupid. That's not <laughs> another word that I can think of. Um, but more loosey-goosey maybe, with the rules. Loosey-goosey is a great word. Yes. <laughs> and stuff. I think that she just had, she was more adventurous. And I. That's kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is kind of funny because then again, going to the opposite thing you know, we, I've talked about this before. I, I'm not trying to get like anybody to say, oh no, you're not this and that. But Shelly's always been more book smarty, intelligent than I have been and stuff. She can spell. She tells me, I, I'm like, what, what does that word mean? Or, you know, why, how did I pronounce it wrong? And blah, blah, blah. Yet um, she will go to Vegas when she's young and strip on a pole and I have to be the one who tells her to get down off of the pole so that the guy next to her stops whacking it. I Um, didn't even get paid. It was a pole outside. It was a light pole. (laughs) (laughs) It was a light pole. So I tend to be a little bit more um, street smart. So again, polar opposites attracting and stuff. So we kind of got off the subject on things, but you know, every every week we'd like to give you more of an insight. Yes. And people thought maybe um, they're asking questions about this podcast, which hasn't been released yet, even though we've recorded several episodes, um, if the witch thing is metaphysical or literal. And uh, the more that I see on our interactive Facebook page, it's it's more about friendship. And every yeah. friendship has a good witch and a bad witch or two bad witches, which doesn't work as well. And um, it, it's more of a, a saying, really. And yeah. anyway... Um, I love sharing my life with you. We don't live together. We've grown up together. We've known each other for 40 years and, uh, your good stuff rubs off on me sometimes and vice versa, I think. But, um, anyway, you're my favorite witch. Oh, but, you're my favorite I, witch. Can I just break in here real quick, guys? I'm sorry. Mad but witch. When I acquired Lisa as my girlfriend, her last boyfriend was probably the bad influence on her because she did drink when I met her. I had to drink to <laughs> date him. So I was like, woohoo. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, I don't do this really. I'm not really a drinker. This, that. I'm like, okay, well, then you are a driver. I'll be yes. the drinker. She sold <laughs> you a bill of goods. Let, let's just go on that for a little bit. Um, the thing with that whole thing is, is that I'm very, very, I'm a control freak. And I don't like to be out of control. And I find that when I'm drinking, I'm out of control. And I mean, and I'm out of control. I mean, both of these guys, no, I don't know. But both of these guys can tell you that, um, I mean, unless I'm on vacation, Mm -hmm. that uh, I tend to get a little bit crazy. So in order to stay in control, that's one of the reasons I don't drink. But I'm also a little prude too. So there's that. (laughs) My Um, little Mary Poppins. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah right that's yeah mm-hmm. I, that's exactly what I am as Mary Poppins um so I'm a, we're gonna go into our first guest and uh our first guest Shelly um is a girl named Kristen she's amazing we're gonna tell you a little bit about her when we come back from this break and um we'll be back hey witches good and bad please go to our website goodwitch.com 
badwitch.com to subscribe to our comedy podcast with weekly fascinating guests. We're really proud of our colorful, functional website designed by Idel Fisher, owner of Picklewick's Graphic Designs. The site is for sure badass and nice looking, boasting bios and pics of our guests, and it's where you can find our fun GWB merch, including shirts, bags, buttons, and stickers. Find Idel for all of your graphic design needs at picklewix.com. That's P-I-C-K-L-E-W-I-X.com for all your graphic design needs. everybody. Welcome, witches. Um, welcome, Kristen, to the show. I'm really excited that you can join us today. Uh, just give everybody a little bit of background. I met Kristen through my job as an events manager at Blake Street Tavern, and she's a marketing media mucky muck at Pepsi, or she was, for a long time. So she uh, partnered with us to help um, negotiate and broker deals and events with uh, sports radio people and athletes, and um, she would bring celebrities to the to the store just as as kind of a frosting for being a partner with Pepsi. And uh, she really just has in that um, arena has met every local celebrity and athlete. And what I I think is so cool about Kristen is that she knows more about sports than any man I know. And that's every sport. <laughs> that's that's college. That's pro. And I love it when people defy stereotypes. And Kristen is that hot blonde who's the smartest one in the room. Thank you. And Thank so anyway, you. oh, you got it, girl. And I just, I love picking your brain. And I like um, that we're still friends now in a non-professional way because you're just super fun to dish with. You have the best stories. Uh, every cocktail conversation, you know somebody who did this or saw that or what have you. So welcome to the show. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about your your background before we start asking you some questions? Sure, that would be great. Thank you. That was quite the introduction and I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so I am, I've lived in Denver for the last 10 years. This is my third time living here, but I hail from the great state of Wyoming, so you'll hear lots about my cowboy roots as well. So that kind of defines a little bit of who I am, but I like to say that Wyoming defies stereotypes and that girls love sports and guys love to gossip. So um, so I, I think that's why I uh, got so into sports. My dad really was instrumental in that. He, our family went to every Wyoming game from the time I was in the womb. So that's a little bit how I became such a sports fan, but also, you know, I, I love creating and, and nurturing relationships. So that's part of what was great about my role at Pepsi was I got to do that. And now I do marketing for a online sports book, um, Superbook, which is new to the market, but it's been really exciting to learn more. So about, you know, the online betting world and creating an app and all sorts of stuff like that. But um, COVID has definitely been an interesting phenomenon for me because I think what I've found is I really enjoy being home. So more than I even realized, but the things that I really do miss are live sporting events and live music. So, you know, if we can get those back, I'm okay at home otherwise. <laughs> right. I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. So, season ticket holders, so we miss the, we miss all the interaction with all the fans and we sit right next to a altitude sports cameraman who I've become really good friends with. And so, you know, we get to the behind the scenes, who's at the games yeah. and stuff like that as oh, well. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that's the cool stuff. So when you have a little bit of an inside track, that's always, it's always pretty cool. Uh, Kristen, did you work more with the Avalanche than the other Denver sports teams or were they all kind of equally? No. So um, in my previous role, I worked from a team perspective in Colorado. I worked with the Avs and the Nuggets the most, obviously, with the relationship managing the Pepsi Center relationship for a long time. Um, you know, we did have one of the things that we did kind of focus on was getting athletes that were not um associated with a Pepsi brand already. So like we've worked with lots of different Broncos and what you do is you affiliate yourself. So it seems as though you may have, you know, uh, a relationship with the team, but um, you don't have the official official relationship with the team. So that was a really great way to kind of work around things. And through that, I got to meet a lot of people. Um, in my previous world, I worked for Coors Brewing Company and then Miller Coors. And with that, I did sales and marketing and kind of the same thing, lots of events and lots of sponsorship stuff there. So I got to experience a lot and I've lived in a lot of different places. So I had my first job with Coors in San Diego. Then I moved to Phoenix, then back to Denver, then to Kansas City, then to Dallas, then back to Denver. So this is my third time around and I'm not going anywhere. Is this your favorite place to live out of all the oh, places you've seen? Yeah, this is adult home for sure for me. Yeah. So it's close enough to where I grew up. I can be close to my mom and my family. And I have so many great friends and such a lifeline up in uh, Cheyenne where I grew up. But it's far enough away that um, that I, I also get a little bit more privacy than in a small town living. So it's so perfect. That's good. So tell me, let's, let's just start and let's get right into it. I want you to spill the tea. I want you to tell me who your favorite person that you've met, um, either sports wise or otherwise celebrity, um, why they were your favorite. And then also the person who was kind of the biggest asshole. I mean, (laughs) you don't have to, if you don't want to, but I, I, I'm fine with that. So (laughs) I don't know that I could um, really say who's my favorite, because I think when you talk about who are people that you've met, it's sort of like, where are all the places that you visited, right? Right. And like, it doesn't count if you just touch down at an airport, like you have to go eat in the city or what's your rule for meeting someone, right? And so, um, you know, I, I would say that there's a couple different things that you know, I'm just going to start off with my biggest disappointment was Bob Costas by far. So I was a sports broadcasting major in college and I thought, you know, I was going to go be work for some team or travel around and do like, I wanted to be the first girl to host the Masters. So hats off to, to them who are, are doing such a great job now, but that was kind of what I wanted to do. And so I was really excited. It was at an all-star baseball event and, um, and I was really excited to meet him and he was a dud. I'll just say it. Like he was a dud. Like when he had the pink eye at the Olympics, I wasn't that sad for him. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Did you just, was it because he always has pink eye or I mean, because I, he lives his life? I think as though he does, or he's avoiding pink eye or something because he was boring and he really? was impersonal and he was arrogant and it was not, I mean, 
I would, so like, I would love to meet Jim Nance on the other hand, because I think he, and what, from what I've heard from other people who have, like on the other hand of things, like I've heard he's so dynamic and so friendly and so kind to people. And that's what I ex kind of expected from Bob Costas. I mean, he was kind of, you know, the icon. And especially when I was in college and graduating, that's, you know, who people emulated. And then to meet him and be like, you are boring. Um, and wimpy. Is he oh, a little he's a fella? Tiny yeah, top. He's he tiny is such a tiny top. Like I wanted <laughs> to put him in my pocket and escort him out. Like it was, but he was. Maybe, host. Go ahead. Maybe you should have coddled him a little bit. Yeah, I know. Get in my nook, but yeah. get in my nook. We'll we'll uh, hash this out. But it was also really interesting because it was an all star event, and we were hosting. Um, Wade Boggs and Goose Gossage. So just uh, just oh, down wow. the road, Goose in Colorado mm -hmm. Springs, right? So um, we were hosting them. And so I think that's the other thing. It was all these Hall of Fame baseball guys and Wade Boggs is a strange dude. Cool, like <laughs> interesting, drinks a shit ton of Miller Lite, but he is an odd duck. So um, yeah, it, that was really interesting. To see. I, I think on the um, other hand, as far as Bob Costas being so small, just to kind of uh, shoot the shit a little bit, a ginormous man is Peter McNabb, who oh, does yeah. not stop talking. <laughs> no matter who he's wonderful talking to. man, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful man. But he will sit there. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care that you're not famous. He does. He wants to tell you his story. And he just has fists like gorillas, and um, but a lovely, lovely man. You know, it's funny because uh, I, every time I hear his name, I cannot get past the clip of when Kyle Keefe had a cutback to him and he accidentally called him Penis McNabb. Yes, I see that. I see Peter McNabb. I cannot get over Kyle Keefe calling him Penis McNabb, partially because it was Keefe and he's, you know, that's the best because they were laughing so hard you couldn't oh. stop laughing yourself. I loved that. Yeah, right I can't get over every time. Like that's been years, and I still think of him as yeah. missing now. Yeah, well, there's that. Uh, but a very, very lovely man. Yeah, oh, when yeah, I think of great. Peter McNabb, I think of like the 80s when people would go into the locker room after the period and just smoke a cigarette and maybe do a little bit of brandy or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Throw back yeah. some scotch. Those were the yeah. actual hockey days. I actually saw a YouTube video of Peter McNabb when he was playing for uh, Boston, Boston and he got in a fight with one of the fans and jumped with, in, on, with his skates on into the audience and <laughs> was beating up a fan. Damn. And stuff. It was amazing. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Well, I must have got it out of his system. He sounds a lot more friendly now. I know. He's I very, wonder if he kicked well, Kyle's know. ass after that penis and nap on <laughs> Probably. <laughs> with his skates on. Right, with skates on. Just, yeah. to, just to prove a point. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. So Bob Costas is my is my biggest disappointment. How does, how does one book somebody and what is like the cost that they get paid? So that's actually a really great question. There's a lot of ways to go about it, right? There's a lot of agencies that represent these guys. They have personal representation, usually in the form of, a, of an agent or a manager, sometimes both. Um, they, may, they may do self-representation, right? So that's the first thing that you kind of have to figure out. A lot of times, some of the stuff can be done through um, league or team 
partnerships, right? So getting to know some of these guys through the league and teams, um, they help you facilitate those relationships. Sometimes it's just fostering personal relationships with them where um, you've worked with one guy and he likes you. And so he introduces you to his buddy and, you know, cause they also want to be in the business or you work with a manager who's got multiple players and maybe somebody gets traded out and they move for the year. But um, then, so there's a lot, but there's also a lot of booking agencies that you can go with. So, you know, we used a booking agency at Pepsi and, um, and, and these athletes get paid anything from sometimes they'll just do a charitable contribution to their um, foundation or something like that, all the way up to some mm-hmm. of them. You know, I did a Super Bowl in Dallas. I was the, I was the local marketing feed on the street in Dallas. And we did anything from a sponsorship with somebody who was, you know, a thousand dollar gift card and tickets mm-hmm. to the game, because that's all they wanted to do all the way up to a $50,000 sponsorship to like put them on packaging. So, you know, it just kind of varies by the size and scale of the athlete, the moment that you're in, right? So the Super Bowl right. is a huge moment. So getting a, a former Dallas player like a Roger Staubach or a um, Emmett Smith or a Troy Aikman, right? They're off the ball, like they're off the charts and how much they're able to charge, especially in something that's that high cachet and where it's tons of corporate sponsorships that are coming in with big, big money. Um, and they can charge a lot more. Now, if it's somebody who just wants to get their name out, you can usually get them, you know, for a pretty reasonable cost. And and let's just say somebody had like a podcast and they wanted (laughs) to get somebody for free. How do you kind of go about like asking somebody to do something for zero money? So I think you need to figure out what their heartstrings are, right? Like what's the hook and what's the reason behind it. And then this is going to sound crazy, but some of these guys, if you just slide into their DMs, they're interested in in uh, they're interested in publicity, right? The other thing okay. is go to your local like if you have a relationship with Peter, if you have you know go to your local sportscasters, anybody that you might know, um, and and a lot of Denver. Part of why I love being back in Denver and especially being in this world is it's a lot of handshakes here, right? So everybody kind of knows everybody, and so I think right. that's the other thing is lean into networking. And if you can get somebody else, like if you can give somebody a favor that they could call in a favor to somebody, right? Then that's the negotiation. So if you have something to offer somebody who has a relationship with somebody that you want, that's great because then you're just bartering. Well, speaking of relationships, we're going to get back to that because I'm going to have to ask you about Patrick Waugh because he's the love of my life. Um, not my husband. I'm definitely loving Patrick and I want to hear your story. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a break and we'll get back to you in two minutes and two seconds as Chuck Woolery would say. And just one, one minute. Hey, witches. Are you sick of brown bagging it or giving all of your dining dollars to chains? Blake Street Tavern is an owner operated small business in the heart of downtown Denver, just north of Coors Field. We offer elevated bar food and are famous for our green chili and custom oven-baked nachos. BST gets many of its ingredients from local vendors, like the bread and corned beef for our exceptional Reuben. It is magic in your mouth. Keep us in mind for gift cards and catering and family meals. Who wouldn't love a pan of cheesy enchiladas? Please support your local family-owned restaurants, bars, and cafes. BST is located at 2301 Blake Street in Denver, and the website is blakestreettavern.com, all spelled out. It's bar food at its best. Thank you so much for getting back with us at Good Witch, Bad Witch. 
We are here with our friend, Kristen. And before the break, I asked her to talk about her experience with Patrick Waugh, my boyfriend. So um, let's hear your story. So I had um, had, you know, lots of exposure to lots of different abs players and appearances and things like that. But Patrick was just, he's kind of a unicorn, right? He, he's, he's pretty um, private. He's pretty well, he was pretty well protected while I was here. He's not out and about much, even as a player, you know, he had kind of his little run of some issues and things like that, but he was pretty private in town. He wasn't like a man about town. And so I was at the abs golf tournament one time. And after the tournament, there were just a few of us that were sitting around having a beer and a friend of mine, um, was sitting and his friend was sitting with, uh, Patrick. And so they said, Hey, come over and have beer with us. Right. And so Patrick, um, so just to preface a little, I actually, uh, play a lot of golf. So I played golf in college and I'm not that good anymore, but, um, (laughs) I can still hit the ball pretty well. Like when Shelly talked about those stereotypes, like I hit the driver like a dude, but otherwise like, a, like happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Patrick was playing in the foursome in front of us. And so he had seen some of my drives and some of my shots and we were kind of backing up hole over hole. And so we chatted a little bit on the course and he asked me just, Oh, like you must play golf. And so then during beers, um, everybody else was kind of chatting and it came down to he and I were sitting across from each other. And he's like, so you, you know, what do you do? I know you're around a lot, but what exactly is your role? And so we talked about that, about the sponsorship and how long I'd been, you know, managing it and things like that. But then, um, it just kind of went into like more personal stuff. He started talking about his kids and playing hockey and what got him into hockey. And then he, he was so personable though. And the thing that was the best about him is he's like, you can read anything about me. Like, what about you? What made you start playing golf in Wyoming? Like that's (laughs) like, you can't, and you can't ever play up there. And he's like, that seems more like a hockey state. And it's really not as, as much (laughs) as you would think, but um, lots of ice, but not, not a lot of uh, skating. So, you know, I just, we, we ended up talking about that and it was truly one of the best sporting experiences I think I've ever had just to sit down and, just clear the clutter and shoot the shit. And he was so personable and he was so friendly and it's not at all what I expected from him. It's not. And he was so genuinely engaged. I think that the, the main question that I have is, did he ask about me at all? <laughs> well, then I, I got a little territorial and okay. uh, he, he did. Can I back this up he a did. little bit? Did he say, if you ever run into this girl named Lisa, she grabbed my, <laughs> my butt <laughs> at the meet and greet one time. Right in front of me, she does this. Well, and Patrick well, kind of looks over at me and kind of gives me this look. I, I go, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> it happens. It, yeah. He it brought was, it up. Lisa, I'm sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> poor Wall's like, oh. That's awesome. See, you left a lasting impression. Well, thank you for so. throwing Lisa a bone, Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank um, you. I, I had a question for you regarding your marketing experience with so many young people uh, working for Blake Street when we're allowed to operate. Um, I would say most of our students are marketing uh, majors. Yeah. And I think as a woman, I think you're a really good role model for these kids. If you wanted to tell um, tell our fans about the story you told me the other day, uh, the, the main rule you took from meeting the talent. Yeah. So um, 
this is something that's, thank you. Yeah. This is something that, you know, I started in the business in a really like precarious time where cell phones weren't necessarily prevalent. Like I had to sign up for email as part of my freshman class at college. Right. So I'm right on the cusp of that um, super medium group to no medium group at all. Right. I'm, I'm Gen Y. So I'm Mm -hmm. in that truly really weird undefined age range. And so, you know, it was before cell phones, it was before social media, it was before all of that stuff. And so there a lot more like everything goes kind of scenarios happen, but being a female and coming into this world and I covered a lot of sports in college and it was really interesting kind of how it started for me was I was covering Wyoming football in college and I had I tons of my friends some of my best friends played college and um, I was doing an interview after a game and then I was talking to one of my friends and his mom was there for parents weekend. And, and he's like, okay, so we'll meet you at the house. We're going to go to dinner at this time. And I was like, great, cool. And one of the male sportscasters, we were riding up the elevator and he said, you know, if he did something wrong, you'd have to report it. And I said, if you knew me at all, you would know that I would. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I had information on a coach before, like some information on a coach before um, he left. It was way back when. And I had said, and I kind of said to my um, broadcasting teacher, I need to tell you something. Right. And so, and it broke like all at the same time. So I didn't scoop anything, but you know, I was never going to, I knew that rule. Right. And so I think that was my first taste of saying like, as a female, you have to be a little bit you know, don't be jaded, don't have a chip on your shoulder, but you've got to play the game and you've got to understand how people perceive you that, um, you know, think of how people perceived Hillary when she was running for office. Like what if she got her period and, um, nuked the world, right? Like there's just these perceptions and you have to (laughs) live within those. And so when I very first started my, my first job, um, like my first big girl job, I had exposure to some, to some really big celebrities at, at an event. And uh, it was just after the Super Bowl had happened. It was March and the Super Bowl had happened. And we happened to have a Super Bowl MVP as one of our guests. And he had a couple of his friends from his team with him. And I have a very, very beautiful, very tall, black, um, beautiful friend who was with me at the time. And she drew lots of attention. And, um, and what year was this? This was in 2004. Okay, I believe. And so we, uh, so we had been invited um, to go with uh, Kix Brooks from Brooks and Dunn to a signing. He, he just, you know, was, they were real nice. And they're like, do you want to go with us to the hard rock? And we went and we got on this limo. And when we were leaving, these football players were like, Hey, we're going to the beaches to hang out with some of our crew, like come meet us. And so we were like, all right, like, sounds good. We exchanged numbers. And so we go to this kicks Brooks signing and then we go back to the hotel and kicks is like, I, you know, I don't, I'm done with the limo. You girls take it. I think you were going to go meet some guys at the beaches, like go, go have fun. You have it till four, like have a blast. Well, this was right after a major scandal that had happened up in Vail. And I don't want to press upon that given, you know, January's happenings, but, um, so I think as females, you're really hypersensitive to it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, so we pull around and the limo driver says, okay, where do you want to go? And she and I looked at each other and we were both like back to our hotel. 
And so we made a decision in that moment. I was 25 years old. She was 23. And we made a decision in that moment to go back to our hotel instead of to go somewhere where, you know, these guys are our age, they're hot, they're they're NFL players. They have Super Bowl rings. Like it's all the stream package. And we went up to our rooms and we said, we both said how p- proud of us um, our parents would be. Right. right. And that was kind <laughs> yeah. of the first thing. Like we made the right decision. Like I can call my dad in the morning and my mom and feel good about what decision I made. But in that moment, we both kind of said like hard and fast rule for the rest of our careers to make sure that we as females um, always maintained our reputation. And that's don't fuck the talent because mm-hmm. well, there's that. Right. Um, And so it's funny because the next day we went and we were in line to do a signing. It was a big convention, right? You meet lots of celebrities and uh, Matt Hasselbeck had just finished his thing and we were next in line and out came the play. It was Keyshawn Johnson and out came the player. And he's like, girl, you didn't call last night in front of all of these people. And we're brand new workers to Coors and we're young and we're hungover and people are looking at us and we're like, listen, we made the choice not to go. Like it would be a different scenario if you were like, oh, hey girl, had a great time last night. So we like could walk away knowing we'd made the right decision. And so I think that's the other thing is you maintain your integrity with these athletes and these players yeah. and these managers and stuff where, you know, there are a lot of women who go after them in this business business for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. then you see, you know, women like Erin Andrews get taken advantage of because she does do it the right way. And then somebody takes advantage of her by filming her or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not fair. Right. Like it's got to go right. both ways. Right. And so it's about maintaining your integrity and really maintaining your relationship with these guys. And that does not mix when you make other decisions. It's very professional. And then people know that they can trust you. Yeah. Um, The last thing that I wanted to ask you, Kristen, Mm -hmm. um, completely not about your job. So it's COVID, you're beautiful, you're young. How the hell do you date? What are you doing? What kind of guy do you like? Single and searching. Uh, I like, I'm just like every other girl and I'll say it. I I like a guy with a sense of humor, right? Mostly because you have to have a sense of humor to tolerate me. Um, (laughs) right. Um, look in my world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, smart is good, but I think what's hard and in what I do and the the work that I do and the the things I got to do more before 40 than most people do in a lifetime. Right. And I understand that. And I'm, I've lived my obituary and I understand all that, but, um, men get intimidated very often. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's hard. And your friends, like how many times I've asked my friends to set me up and they always say like, "Mm, I don't have anybody good enough for you, or I don't have anybody that I want to set you up with because they're not successful enough or they're not, who's to judge that, but me, right? Like I would love to date a teacher, right? I would love to date a plumber. I need help Mm -hmm. all the time. Like I would love to date a handyman. (laughs) um, I'm taking, I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? Like (laughs) let me be the one to determine if they're good enough for me. And I think that's something that's hard as a professional female. And I did move around a lot. So I, it's been hard to create lasting relationships when you move so much, but you know, I just want somebody who's strong enough to tolerate me, right? Um, and I really want somebody who looks at me like my dad looked at my mom. Oh, oh I love that's that. That's awesome. That's really oh, that's wonderful. That's very sweet. 
There's somebody yeah. secure enough out there for you, Chris. I, I think so. I think mm-hmm. so. So it's yeah, usually the ones who are secure me. enough for me are also not very self-aware. Yeah, like they're they're pretty they're secure, but secure for the wrong reasons. Like oh. sir, you should not be as secure as you are. <laughs> and zip your pants up. Yeah. I thank you so much for being yeah. our guest. I totally want to like hang with you now. Yes, now oh, we want yeah. to talk your ear off. Yeah, I'm so gonna talk. I mean, we're gonna connect. I'm just telling yeah. you that right now. Yeah. So um we're gonna wrap this up. Okay. I'm thank you a hundred percent. Um, we're gonna have to revisit this because I really want to hear more about non um sports related celebrities yeah. too yeah so we were we will definitely yeah, get back to even, this we didn't get into the good I don't yeah think. We i didn't can tell by her eyes there's more in there <laughs> look at that smile maybe See? a christian yeah. sequel yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> we'll yeah. just Thank leave it at that i love to dance and um and yeah and uh i like it when I get to dance on like a stage or in public with with like a celebrity or somebody like that and we'll leave that as our as our cliffhanger oh, cliffhanger right. to hear that thank you so much for being our guest we um are going to take another break and um we'll be back thank you Kristen. yeah hi hi witches i wanted to tell you about tan and tone in north Glen, colorado tan in a bed or as i prefer spray tan for a glow on the go it's an easy affordable way to look your best even if you put on a few quarantine lbs like me even if you can't go on vacation right now Get that tropical feeling at Tan and Tone North Glen. It's family owned and they've been forced to close their other locations due to these COVID times. You'll feel good about where your self-care dollars go. Available in individual sessions and packages, treat yourself. Stringent sanitation procedures are followed so you'll feel sunny and safe. Go to tantone.net, that's T-A-N-T-O-N-E.net to make your appointment or distanced walk-ins are welcome. Welcome back to Good Witch, Bad Witch with Lisa and Shelly. Um, we, every week, do our top five favorites. And this week, going with um, our theme again, we try to get it a little bit close to our guests. Since um, Kristen is such a woman of the world, we wanted to do our f- top five favorite vacation getaways that we've actually been to, not like where we want to go, but where we've been to. Um, we start with number five, which is like the least, and then go up to number one. Duh. Okay, that's dumb. Okay. Anyways, I'm um, so number five for me is Dillon, Colorado, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I go, uh, Daryl and I go to Dylan every year um, with his uncle Don and Aunt Mary. We've been going, I'm going to say for 15 years now. It may not be that long, but it's about that. And um, they have um, a condo there. And it's like my, it's not far away. It's probably only 45 minutes from Denver. But it's my it's my getaway where I can just be me and I can unplug and I can craft and I can like not have to think about anything and I'm not working. So it's a total I only usually get five days out of the seven, but it's my day, my week of wonderfulness. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been right next to the lake. So my number five is still in Colorado. 
I'm really glad that you gave uh, Colorado some props. There's so many wonderful places in Colorado. And um, I had a hard time with this one picking. Um, fortunately, uh, just within recent years, I got to go to a lot of cool places. So uh, go Colorado, a lo local love it. My number five is Dublin. And I was kind of jealous of other people's Dublin's trip after I came home because, you know, they see all the greenery and the cliffs and the Blarney Stone and all of that stuff. And we mostly were uh, pub hopping. But um, Irish bars are my favorite kind of bars. And one of my favorite travel memories happened in Dublin. And we were on basically what's kind of like the Bourbon Street of Dublin. And it was just bar, 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 touristy, all of that sort of thing. And we went into this little place that looked like a little gingerbread house and just walked directly up the stairs, didn't look around, didn't check it out, just walked right upstairs. And the upstairs was about the size of your kitchen. And there were three people up there. There was a bartender and a man and a woman. And um, actually there were four people and another dude. And one was playing the mandolin <laughs> and one was playing the flute or something. And the wife was knitting and they were a thousand and seven years old. And, you know, they just handed us a pint played us music, didn't care if we were coming or not. They would have been playing anyway. And uh, we offered to tip them or buy them a drink. And they're like, no, this is what we do on a Saturday night. And they were just playing. And, uh, you know, so we had a Guinness and, and listened to, I felt like I was in their living room in Dublin. It was just beautiful. I so want to go to, I want to go to Ireland so bad. Did they knit you anything? Did you get anything knitted did for you? Did you get anything knitted from them? <laughs> we weren't there that long. She was very okay. good, but. Perfect. What's your number four? Oh, that's awesome. So my number four is New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I've only been there twice, but um, it, it took our hearts. We just, Daryl and I just loved it. Um, I actually, both times I went was with Shelly as well. And um, it's just, it's, I thought, I, I don't think that I really wanted to go in the first place because I, we, as we've talked before, I'm not a drinker and I thought it was just a drinking town, but the culture yeah. is amazing. The history is amazing. The people. The people are. Yeah, the best people you could ever meet. Yeah. And just so much. Pride. Yeah. So much pride. I mean, they love their town and they will let you know how much they love their town. They're up at the crack of dawn, cleaning the streets, mm -hmm. getting it ready because they want to represent what this is all about, how beautiful their town is. So. Yeah. So um, that New Orleans, I I want to go back so I can go on all the tours because we only did the um, cemetery tour and I just want to know everything about it. So that is definitely on my list of places to go back to and my number four um, favorite places I visited. Well, that was my number one. So I'm going to piggyback on yours and then Perfect. do my the rest of mine later. But uh, I think you hit it right on the head. I think the expression was anybody can live in New Orleans, but New Orleans is the only city that lives in you. And it's oh, just, yeah. yeah. So I got married there. It was the happiest day of my life on the riverboat. It was so great. Um, we did a parade. If you remember, we had the umbrellas and they uh, blocked the street off and did a second line. And uh, I've been at least 10 or 12 times. Every time I go, there's something different that we go to see. Uh, but like you said, they take a lot of pride in it. Of course, the food is outstanding. Yes. And Cajun food is so good and the fresh seafood. But the street musicians, hands down, are my very favorite things. You know, tap dancing with the bottle caps on their shoes or the pickle <laughs> drummers. Um, there's no feeling to replicate it. You can't have a fake Mardi Gras. And I've tried. I've been to other cities where they do 
a Mardi Gras and there's no place yeah. like New Orleans. So good call. Yay. Your number so three. your number four is? Oh, my number four is uh, New York City. So oh. we went oh, on, um, like you guys, we would go and travel to see the Avalanche play. And uh, we did a nine day trip to New Orleans or to New York City. Um, we saw the Avalanche play the Islanders and the Jersey Devils and um, other ones, Rangers. Rangers, yeah. At MSG. And uh, it was just like a movie because it was a Veterans Day Parade. It's November. It's There's fall in Central Park. We met Alex Tangay in Central Park uh, because the Avalanche were playing and got a picture with him. But also they were getting ready for Christmas. So we went and saw a show at Rockefeller Center and there's people ringing the bells. And I, I just felt like I was in a nine day long movie. It was just the most romantic, dirty, crazy, interesting city in the world. Definitely on um, our list of places to go That's as my well. One, so I'm very jealous on that one. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, so my number three is um, Labrador, Haiti. And um, I... God bless you. Yeah, it's in time. <laughs> um, we, we just spent one day in Haiti and um, it was really, it was just beautiful. It was, it was amazingly, the beaches were awesome. The weather was perfect. It was November and it was just gorgeous. Um, the, the, the food was great. And um, the thing that I loved, and I think that Daryl did not, is that there were stray dogs everywhere. Not that I don't like stray dogs. No, but, just, but he kept thinking I was going to get my face bit off. She was going to get Kyle Dyer. <laughs> yeah, and because I and kept getting... grabbing them and trying to kiss them. And he's like, you are either going to get rabies or you're going to get fleas. You need to stop grabbing these dogs. And I was like, I told, I remember I told my mom because when we were on the island, I could text my mom. And I was like, if I find a puppy, do you think I'd get in trouble if I brought it back on the boat with me? Cause we were on a cruise and my mom's like, please God tell me you did not bring a puppy back on the boat with you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just saying, you know, would they know? And my mom's like, please, please, for the love of God, please don't have a puppy under your shirt. And I, I didn't, but I thought about it, but anyways, um, I loved being in Haiti. It was, it was amazing. Oh, I'm jealous. I've always wanted to go there. Very cool story. Uh, my number three is Belize. So I went with our friend Dara uh, in one of my brief single times. I'm a serial monogamist. I've been married most of my adult life. Um, but there was five minutes where I was single and we went down to Belize and we stayed on a little island off the coast. Uh, it was a key called Key Cocker uh, below um, San Pedro. Anyway, tiny four miles all the way around. And we just spent every day on a hammock and, you know, having 75 cent beers and kayaking and, and all of that. Um, but the highlight was we went on this little tour to a deserted island. There was literally nothing on this island. And uh, it was mating season for manatees. And a manatee came up to our boat that only had like six people on it. And, and you mated with it? And a yes. manatee? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, he was thick. Let me just say that. <laughs> thick. It was a man of thickety. No, no. Here's my point. He was so cute and adorable. And I think what are they called? Sea cows or the cows of the sea or whatever. But uh, he didn't have a girlfriend. So everybody was off doing their manatee mating dance. And this little lonely fellow came over to our boat. And uh, I got to scritchy scratch him on the head for a good five minutes <laughs> and gaze into his, his little lonely eyes. And it was really a highlight. 
Oh, you made his amazing. day. He's like, yes. hey. And now you're his girlfriend. That's right. Yes. He, he was like, yeah, and that's girl. why you're not single anymore. I, I just can't stay single. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got married to the manatee. Okay. More the manatee. So um, uh, she's not really married to a manatee. Okay. Number two on my list is Las Vegas. And mm. I know that that sounds really, really cheesy because I've been to other places, but it's not because it's Las Vegas. My favorite my favorite place I've been is when I've gone to Las Vegas for the NHL awards. Mm. I'm a diehard um, hockey fan. And um, we have been going for almost 10 years, almost. Yeah. I think almost yeah. 10 years to, to Vegas, except for now that COVID's around, bleh, we didn't get mm. to go this year, but we actually started the year. I won tickets to the NHL awards where I got to walk the red carpet. Um, I got to stand on the red carpet. We yeah. both did. Yeah. yeah, we got, we, it was like. We met numerous hockey stars. Yeah, uh, it's like the Oscars of, of hockey. Of hockey. Yeah. And so we had to dress up, wear like formals. And at the end, they let us walk the red carpet and people were like watching us and going, who is that? Like, do we know who that is? Like, and they I thought, pretended I was an old hockey star, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I pretended like I was Sandra Bullock. So it all worked out. And um, I actually ended up getting kind of checked by Mark Messier. He knocked Damn. me over. Um, because he knocked her pretty good. Yeah, he knocked me to the ground and um, picked her up, picked me up. And then I followed him all the way to his seats, which were nowhere close to our seats. Well, we got on an elevator that was going down a level that we weren't supposed to be going to. And we chit chatted on the on the elevator and he proceeded to really apologize. Lisa is like, I'm so sorry, hon. Oh. And he helped her up, kind of dust her off and everything. <laughs> My it. wife, once again, loves Patrick Wall, but she's looking at this. I think she's just like hockey players, but yeah. she's looking in his like, eyes like, oh, yeah. Okay, well, I got knocked over by you. It's dreamy. Well, so we get to the bottom and they're like, do you have your tickets? And we showed them our tickets. They're like, yeah, you're up oh, there. No, you need to go back upstairs. <laughs> oh. Sorry, guys, but it was very nice to talk to you. And I'm sorry I knocked you over. So yeah. I'm sorry about it in there. Go ahead. Leave. Oh, you're fine. But that's, uh, <laughs> so anyways, I love going to the NHL awards. Um, it's just my Oscars and mm. it's amazing. So that's my number two. Well, what a great experience. It seems like every time you go, you meet somebody that uh, you've always wanted to meet or you thought yeah. you'd hate. And they turned out like, you didn't you end up saying that Sidney Crosby turned out to be an okay guy? Sidney Crosby was really cool to me. I do have <laughs> yeah. to say that. And I'm like, and Daryl's a dick to Sidney Crosby. I'm, I, all year long, I'm a dick to him because he's, he's, you know, he's the greatest, one of the greatest, but I just don't like him. Yeah. But the funny story was, I'm a PK Subban fan, fanatic, you know. Right, right. And he came over and I said, hey, PK, can I get a picture with you? He's like, yeah, sure. So we're taking pictures. Well, we both turned at the same time and Lisa's got a picture. It looks like we're trying to kiss each other. Yeah, so I, sorry, PK. I still have the picture. Yeah, it looks like they're going to make out. Yeah, but we may have nicest, to post that. One of the nicest guys in the NHL right there. Yeah. Wonderful. And Kelly, what's your number two? Well, my number two is now my number one. Um, and I, I'm going to try not to sound like a pretentious prick when I say this. But uh, so I was fortunate enough. I never thought I would ever be able to afford to go to Europe in my life. And then in 2019, I was able to go twice. And the second time uh, was paid for by Shamrock Foods as part of um, my restaurant being a partner with them. And it was a trip to Rome. So Rome is actually not my favorite city that we went to. We went early and uh, me and my work wife and uh, we flew into Nice, France. 
and just beautiful. It was October. The weather's gorgeous. Uh, picturesque postcard, rocky beaches, um, just gorgeous French buildings and just on the coastline. It was a lovely place. I would love to live there again, but this is where I sound like an asshole. Um, so the day before we were supposed to fly into Italy to go do all the work stuff, um, we started out in Nice and we had uh, crepes for breakfast and espresso and then took a helicopter ride to Monaco next door and had lunch by the Monte Carlo Hotel and then took a flight over to Ostia, Rome, which was on the coastline of Rome because we had to be in Rome the next day. It's on the coastline of Italy. So anyway, we had uh, breakfast in France and lunch in Monaco and dinner in Italy. And I'm a dick, but that was awesome. That is really dicky and stuff. You <laughs> no, really, really yeah, are. I think that you're like being very, very um, you're shoving yeah. it in my face. But yeah. Yes, I am. I am better than you. You are. You, you are better than me. And so that's just, I'm, I'm, I'm paling in comparison right now. So my favorite is the moon. Um, no, when I went to, twice. I visited the moon <laughs> twice in 2019. And no, I'm just kidding. Remember, okay. and then we had that dinner. We had the dinner. It, it was cool. And then we took that lunar thing over to that one place. <laughs> right. And then we circled around. But yeah. okay, right. yeah. And you planted, that the, you planted the avalanche flag on the moon. I remember. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, it's still it there. Dry. You know. It's really, it's not a big deal. It's kind of dusty. I don't know. Kind of dry. Dry, dry climate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, you know. I mean, we're we're not, you know, we're, we're not, not going back. We're not any better than anyone else. Oh, no, okay, I digress. So, um, my actually, my number one is not the moon because I have oh. not been there yet. Um, my number one is Saint Thomas. Um, it's the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. It was one of the funnest times I've ever had. They have um, cute little iguanas that run around and. Oh. Um, take pictures with you i don't know <laughs> they're not um, like the manatee though you know the manatee, manatee. no they manatee. didn't let me scratch no, them on scratch. there we didn't do none of that no um they do have i mean it's, it's kind of weird we, the first time we, we've been twice and the first time we went there was chickens everywhere which was really interesting yeah, i mean right crossing the street and then how did the chicken get across the street where we rode we watched <laughs> yeah we watched it and i go yeah. well that's how it's done yeah we're like we were, yeah how did this happen <laughs> And um, they had their little chicks that were following them. And it was just oh. fun to just see. I don't know. It's just neat and different. And again, very nice people. Beautiful. Yeah, once again, the people are, they're once again, proud people. Yeah. And they've had some troubles down there before. Same thing with the hurricanes and stuff. Yeah. So I think they totally just respect what they have. Yeah. So there's that. Shelly's number one was New Orleans, which she mm -hmm. piggybacked on and stuff. Um, we're going to wrap up our top favorite. And before um, we let you go all together, we're going to give our man, Witch Daryl, a minute to discuss um, his perspective on our interview with Kristen and um, our top five or whatever he kind of wants to talk about. So um, in three, two, one, man, which win it. Ah, all right. This is my favorite time of the show some of it. Uh, great, great conversations today. Uh, interesting. Yes, I kind of butted in a lot more than I usually do. But as far as Kristen, uh, great, great interview. She was, she had a lot of interesting things to talk about. Uh, she made a father in me proud of her in the fact of her choices that she made to not go hook up with some uh, so-called NFL players, <laughs> you know, would have 
if I could hurt one of my daughters make that choice, it, it made me very proud to know that I did the right. I made the right uh, raising. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, as far as my ladies' choices today, I love both your guys' choices. It was very fun. And I think we all three need to go back to New Orleans again and uh, just have a great time. So I see Lisa coming at me. She's going to tackle me. Folks, thank you. This is the Manwich out. That was actually exactly a minute because I counted. <laughs> so I didn't even have to kick him out. So thank you again for listening to our podcast. I hope you find it interesting. We appreciate each and every one of you. Love, love, love to all of the peeps out there. And from the good witch. Stay witchy, friends. And from the bad witch. Stay bitchy. Bye. Bye.